interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Hey everyone, it is Monday after Christmas and what a busy holiday we've had. It was so much fun getting to show Wyland what you know the holidays look like now that he's a little bit older and he can actually enjoy it. So it was a lot of fun, but I'm tired. I'm not even going to lie, like I'm tired. Um, I ate a lot, I drank beer, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, I haven't worked out. I haven't really done breath work or my meditations and that's all good to be expected. I wasn't trying to do those things anyway. Um, I did exactly what I wanted and that's cool. But now I'm like, okay, time to get myself in check here because I don't feel good. I feel like heavy and tired. So I'm going to do some cryotherapy today, go for a long hike. I am going to do some journaling and just kind of get my stuff together. I did major deep cleaning yesterday, which felt really good. It's just so nice to have a clean space. And then I feel like a clean mind, an uncluttered mind follows behind that. Um, a lot going on right now, not just with Holistic with Kristen, but just in general. I, um, I accepted a position as an HR director at a new company. I wasn't looking for this role. This role found me. And um, even though I resisted because I love my current company and I love my my boss and my colleagues and I was happy. Um, this opportunity was just way too good to pass up and I'm really excited about it. And something that I heard once before and that helped me kind of make this decision um, was sometimes it's okay to leave something good for something greater. So I want you guys to all remember that you don't have to stay somewhere or in a situation because it's good, good enough, whatever it happens to be. It's okay to leave something when it's good, if there's something better. Um, so that's kind of where I am and I'm excited. It was so, so hard to tell my team, like there were tears. It was hard. I'm really going to miss them. Um, but I am so excited about my new team and my new role and responsibilities and the company, which I will divulge the name of the company because I'm sure you're all very familiar with it once um, all communication has gone out and it's official. So that was a lot that was stressful, um, but exciting at the same time. So it's kind of interesting that new year, there's just a lot of new happening um, in the next couple of weeks. So I like that. I like the fresh start. I like, um, I don't know, I just, I like a new chapter. Uh, I'm also collaborating with Sakara. So if you have tried um, the meal programs or any of their functional wellness products, they're amazing. I just finished, um, just before Christmas, I finished the three-day breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and every single meal was absolutely delicious. Like, they're so satisfying. They're so good. You don't get bloated. And just... The convenience of not having to think about breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and also still be able to eat the healthy plant-based way that I enjoy and that makes me feel good, which was such a relief. And it was just so uh, liberating not having to go get our foods or think about getting our foods or try to come up with a recipe idea because I like to make things fresh and from scratch. And it was nice having someone else do that for me. So I'm a hundred percent in, um, with, you know, recommending that to you guys. And I'm going to do, I think the second week of January, I'm going to do their 30 day, um, just kind of a reset, you know, there's no like kind of 30 day, um, program that I'll subscribe to in terms of like changing my life. Cause that's 30 days. What happens after that? We all know, but this 30 day reset, just in terms of eating and the convenience of having my food delivered right to my door without having to think about it just frees up my mental space to think about other things um, and also know that I'm nourishing my body at the same time. So keep an eye on my Instagram. I'm going to share the 30-day reset um, as I do it. And if you guys want to join me, there are four start dates each week of January. You can start for 30 days and my discount code works for that as well. So XOHWK will get you 20% off if you're a first-time client. So highly recommend that and it would be fun to do it together. And on that note, I also just want to um, mention that I have two spots open. So again, I don't prescribe to any kind of 30-day reset, like in terms of, you know, 
losing weight, getting clear skin and, and being able to run a marathon. It just doesn't work that way. Um, you know, you really need to take a look at your daily habits and your lifestyle and make changes that are going to last long term. So the way that I work one-on-one with clients, I don't do an online course. I don't do an online program or something that you can buy and just follow on your own because we all know it doesn't work. I mean, if it did, all the other ones that you've tried would have stuck. It's just, it's a lot to ask of yourself. And I think it's so much more important to have the accountability of someone working with you one-on-one and to really be able to take the time to take six months to look at your daily habits because what you do every day makes up your life. So it may not seem like a big deal to drink that lemon water in the morning or to get, you know, those five, 10 minutes of, of walking in, in between meetings or calls, but it really, really does all add up and looking at all the different areas of your life, not just food and exercise, but looking at relationships and social life and career and education, um, creativity, spirituality, all of those things really tie into your health and well-being. Um, it's interesting. Somebody who, a family member whose name I, I will, <laughs> I won't name, but over the holidays, I was talking to this person and they said that they had been getting a little worried about their health because they had lost 20 pounds and they couldn't gain it back. And, and they were like just having a lot of gut issues and, um, you know, getting sick regularly in terms of like just the digestive system and stuff. And this person met someone, um, and started dating someone. And the, I think just joy and the connection that comes with that has eliminated all those problems and and he gained 20 pounds back and feels good. So it's really powerful when you think about the, you know, the way that relationships and just being connected to others can impact your health and well-being. So I have two spots. I'm going to limit the number of one-on-one clients that I'm able to take because I don't want to get burnt out and I want to be able to give you 110% of what you are showing up for. And um, we'll use Slack. So we'll use Slack where you can download the app. You can do it on your computer and I'll share resources. Um, We'll go through your circle of life, all the primary foods, and we'll really get down into the nitty gritty of your daily habits so that we can make small but significant lifestyle changes. And, you know, if you look through some of the circle of life kind of testimonials that I posted on Instagram. I think I saved them to a highlight reel on Instagram, but you can see the, just when we start in the beginning of these programs, my clients, they just have such little satisfaction in so many of these areas that maybe they didn't realize. And after the three months, the six months, that circle has just completely blown out. It's completely expanded. It's balanced. It looks like a circle. And It's just so incredible at the end of that six months when we look back and we're like, look at everything that you did. Look at all the areas of your life that have improved and that you feel satisfied in. Look at all of the change and you didn't even realize it. And that's what's really cool. And then it's become a part of your life. It's become your new habit. So you don't have to try. You don't have to keep up with something. You don't have to keep, you know, counting this or removing that. It's just a different way of living and it becomes your norm. Um, So that's really the magic and the beauty in the health coaching that I do. We also can talk about, you know, reducing alcohol and limiting that. I will be not partaking for quite some time. So I always feel a million times better when I do that. And there's just so many areas of life that improve that you may not realize also come from that extra glass of wine or that, you know, brunch cocktails or whatever it happens to be. It just, it tends to creep into our lives and infiltrate everything when it doesn't really need to. And the positive effects of you know, limiting and reducing alcohol intake are just monumental. And if you go back actually to the podcast that I did with Kelsey Garby um, about two episodes back, uh, what she talks about is just incredible, the change that it's had on her life, just eliminating it for 90 days initially. Um, So yeah, lots of good stuff happening. And I hope that you have had a wonderful holiday season and I hope you're feeling good about the new year. I know there are a lot of things that maybe don't feel good right now, but you know, you have to focus on what you can control and what you are able to affect in your own life. So I hope that you have 
some things to look forward to and you're excited about the new year. Um, and yeah, let me know. DM me on Instagram. Let me know what's going on. I love to hear from you guys. So today we have Patricia Love. I loved this conversation so much. Patricia was chatting with me from her houseboat in Seattle. I thought that was so cool. Um, she has really changed her life around and she's just such an inspiration. Uh, so Patricia is the best-selling author of Seen and Unheard, A Little Girl's Journey from Silence to Empowerment, a women's motivational and confidence coach, a certified professional coach, entrepreneur and founder of the coaching app Confident You, and is a practitioner of neuro-linguistic programming and emotional freedom technique, which is EFT. You may be familiar with that. Um, by combining these practices along with her own personal experience, which, oh my gosh, you guys, her story is heartbreaking, but also just so empowering and inspirational. Um, but yeah, so combining these practices along with her own personal experience and overcoming real life challenges and trauma, she spent the last two decades inspiring and empowering women and girls of all ages to be brave with their story and use their voice for good. She's an advocate for women's voices through her Healing Hoodies mission. And to learn more, go to patricialove.com. I'll also have all of this in the show notes so you can find her and so that you can buy her book. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it and welcome Patricia. Okay, fabulous. So I have Patricia Love here with me today. Um, and I am so excited to speak with you. I was reading through your bio and looking through your book and your Facebook and your Instagram. And I, I just love everything that you embody and everything that you've gone through and the way that you've been able to turn it around into something positive, not only for yourself, but to share that for others. Right. And, you know, I think so many times we get wrapped up in like all of these things that are happening to us and, oh my gosh, why does this keep happening to me? And poor me. And I just, nothing goes right. And you just kind of wallow in that and kind of like, you know, even a little bit later in the game, you were able to flip that around and say, no, I'm not <laughs> yeah, going right? to succumb to this. I'm not just going to accept this as my life and I'm right. going to make some changes. And clearly you've done that and you've done that successfully, which, which is amazing. So I'm really happy to talk to you. I think that you can provide just such value to our listeners and, you know, to anyone really who is just kind of stuck and, and doesn't think that they can make those changes to really empower them to do so. And I know that you've yes. recently written a book as well, um, which you are number one bestseller in eight different. Yes. Countries. Thank you. So <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. What inspired you to write a book? Well, you know, it's interesting. I've had this book the back of my mind for many, many years. And you know how it's like any writer, I think sometimes they they write things and then they, they put it away. And, and I think you just have to be ready. And because it, for me, this was a memoir. So this was really all telling my life kind of, in most cases, just about all of it. I probably have another book in me regarding that, but it was putting it out there and not being afraid, you know, that fear that like, oh my God, I, I can't take it back once I do it. This is like, like social media kind of thing. You know, it's out there for the whole world to see. And I think it took me it, to at this point to last year to be on that particular journey to let it go. And once I did, it was like, oh my God, I should have done this years ago. But, you know, sometimes just it just wasn't the timing, I believe, in my own heart that was, wasn't was right. But once I did it and wrote it, because it was very emotional to write, because uh, you think, you know, we think we heal, but I don't think we ever really totally heal. We just, we just learn, learn how to manage things better and we move forward and we learn about ourselves more because honestly, our journey is forever. Mm -hmm. It's never stopping. Mm -hmm. And if anybody kind of thinks that, well, oh, she's got it all now. No, it's just constantly changing and evolving and pivoting and shifting, shifting. So, but I, when I put it out, it was like, okay, I feel good about this. Now I can have a platform to help other women truly, even though I've been coaching for years, really put that platform out there saying that, Hey, I've been there. You can get the confidence too. You can do this and you can do it at any age, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60s. And, you know, and I just want people to know that it's, nothing don't let anything stop you but um it was important for me to get out there and get the confidence out to, to women because right now I see as much as you think it's really much better it's not I think it's worse 
the confidence of women, because um, it's just the bombardment of everything that uh, I think it's important that everybody try to empower women and, and help them get through these things. Because there's a lot of stuff out there that uh, it's a mess. It's messed up. Bottom line. What makes you think that it's worse? You know, I think it's because of the social media. I think that as much as I adore and love social media and technology and all that stuff, but it has its it has its way back drawbacks because it's it's showing women that there's all these people out there they're comparing themselves to everybody, and these women are saying, "Oh, I'm not as pretty as that," or "I'm or I'm not as successful as that." I can't make as much money as that. Where in reality, if we didn't have that comparison which we didn't have that way back in the day so much. And so you kind of felt you're on your little bit of your own island in some ways. And you could just move forward and like, okay, I'll just do this and I'll do that. I mean, there was always, there were different things, obviously, but today it's instant. And so you get that either instant gratification or that instant hatred. And it's, and if you don't have the confidence and you don't have that internal feeling of that I'm good enough, it can tear you apart. And I see it every single day, especially with young women coming up. Um, as strong as they may be, negative vibes really infiltrate the body even more than positive vibes do. And uh, we just need more positive vibes to get out there. Yeah, it's interesting too, because years ago before social media, maybe you compared yourself to your neighbor or your friend or, you know, another parent or someone in a magazine. And maybe there were five people, you know, where you might get stuck in the comparison trap, but now it's 5 million. There's, there's a million. That's exactly, that's exactly right. I mean, I remember it when, and mainly it was the magazines for, especially for women, for images. Yeah. I mean, mine was Twiggy, you know, way back in the day, like, Oh, I got to be skinny like Twiggy, you know? Yes. And so it, it, but there wasn't as many. Right. Um, and so, but today we're bombarded on a regular basis. And so it's really, if, if we could get to the point, which it, it's very difficult, but of learning to not compare ourselves, but you have to be strong from within to be strong enough not to compare yourself. Because when you get hit with it, you have to be able to say, oh, well, that's, that's them. That's not me. That's not my, that's not my jam, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. And, and you had an interesting quote that I, it really stuck out to me and it kind of, you know, lends itself to that same point that being successful is so much more than rising through the ranks or earning the big bucks. So I think so many people want to put out this perception that they're successful based on what society says successful looks like without right. ever thinking about what does success actually look and feel like to me in my own life. And I think that's so important that you mentioned that because, you know, living a life that you love, having a wonderful, wonderful people to share it with. I know personally, it took me way too long to figure that out. So all through my, you know, twenties and thirties, I thought it was go to college, get a degree, get a, you know, corporate job, make a lot of money, get bonuses, have a Blackberry, like all the, you know, a Chanel bag, Louboutin shoes, I- live in Brownstone and Rittenhouse Park. And there was nothing left inside. Like I wasn't cultivating any of the things that actually matter. I was shopping too much. I was drinking too much. I was binge eating like, and I was miserable. You sound like me. <laughs> I mean, it was a connection. <laughs> so, you know, I think both of us, you know, we've learned this the hard way and want to at least try to step in a little bit sooner so that other women don't have to take as long as we did maybe to figure this out. So I love well, that would, that would be the goal. Um, Cause you know, honestly at 57, when I, well, when I was 57, cause I'm way past that now, um, the, uh, most people would be saying, oh, I can't change. I'm too right. old. You know, I should be retiring, but in really, in reality, you're just living. You got to learn to just live day to day because you don't know how long you're going to live. You could live another 50 years. I mean, with everything, with all the stuff going on, I could live to 150 pretty soon. I mean, who knows, you know? So you, we got to kind of get out of that headspace type of thing, but can you imagine if there was no comparison, if there was no trying to get to the next level, how happy there would be, there would be so many more happy people because you can see some people who live basically from, being, you know, hardly any money Mm -hmm. and they're the happiest people in the world. Yeah. Yet there's other people that are striving for this, 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 and this, and they're not happy at all. 
Right. And so there's, you know, there's, you know, they, they, they got to see that, but it's, it's hard. And I, and I'll give it to, it was hard for me. I mean, come on, when you're twenties and your thirties, you're like, I can do this and I can do that. You know, I'm, I'm all that, you know, your ego's like way up here. And so I get it. I totally get it. Um, but if there's ways to not just one person or two people like you and I trying to suggest if there were more people and maybe more men also to step in and show us that, you know, you're fabulous. You're great just the way you are rather than being conditioned every single day to, to live uh, our lives through, unfortunately, men's eyes, which is what it's been like for 50, 60 years, because, uh, and again, nothing against men. I love men, but you know, it's, it's, we're conditioned to live through their, their images, their um, advertising. And so we need more women to kind of step up. We need more men to step up and say, Hey, that's not right. I was just seeing something on um, Good Morning America today where uh, um, Sex and the City's come back on, yeah. right? And of course, they're all older. Yeah. Right. And I guess they've been getting like hate mail, like you're too old for this, you know, you've got wrinkles, you know, and we got to really learn to celebrate maturing. Yeah. And, and because that plays a part in your confidence and comparison and, and where you can end up being broken because you're striving for all of this. And if you don't get there, you're thinking you're, you think you failed not only yourself, but the world. Yeah. I think so much of the, the, the sunshine, I'm, sorry about this. Finally, you got sunshine, right? Oh my God. I got, <laughs> I hope it doesn't blind you. Oh my God. It looks so nice. Um, I, know, right? I think a lot of the backlash with sex in the city too, is that it forces other people to look at their own age and their own mortality. I know for me, I was telling my husband, it's making me sad. Like this is making me sad watching this, not because of what was happening in the show, literally, but because mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, if this is where they are in their life, then I've also aged so much. And so I think it forces you to kind of take a look at yourself and are you happy with where you are? And I know for, for me, I think that was kind of where I was like, like it triggered me and I had to think about why, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't see ourselves aging. Yeah. yeah. You know, until we get, we see a picture. Yeah. You know, 10 years oh. ago, like, whoo, oh, when did that, happen? you know, what's that all about? You know, and you don't really think about it. And it's just something, and that's what learning to more about yourself and understanding who you are, what you are, acknowledging your negatives and your positives um, can work yourself through that. So you can really enjoy life rather than just living life to the next day to, you know, get the new purse and get the new this and get the new that. And boy, if you could learn this earlier, and if people would enforce this, you know, in a positive way, people would live their lives longer in such a better way. Yeah. And that's my hope, you know, is to, and I believe in, you know, you change one person, that person can change another one, because again, sometimes they'll pay it forward uh, type of thing. So uh, that's what I'm, that's one of my goals. Amazing. So take us back to the beginning. What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? Did you tell me that you grew up in Seattle? So do you need to move out of the sun? I was gonna, you know, I've never seen so much sunshine. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. You know, I, it's going to be hard for me to get out of it because just FYI, I about three, four years ago, I, uh, it'll go away. Trust me. I'll live, I live on a boat now in oh, Seattle, like a floating, floating home. Cool. And um, so that's, uh, that's another talk, I guess, okay. but it's, um, uh, so I don't have the spaces to go from, you know, one room to the others quickly. <laughs> right. Okay. That makes so sense. anyway, but yes, um, actually I was born in Spokane, Washington, but I actually moved over there. Oh, with, I brought the parents with me. I'm at five. Um, and so I grew up in the Seattle area and, uh, how was my childhood? I would have to say, well, first off, I'm the youngest of three kids. So, and when I say the youngest, there was probably about eight to, uh, eight years between my brother and I and 10 years between my sister and I. So I was kind of brought up as an only child in a lot of ways. And so actually it was lonely because my mom was an alcoholic. My dad was um, uh, emotionally unavailable. He just didn't know how to love. And I'm, the best example I can give you on that is his birthday cards to me were happy birthday, uh, Patty, Mr. Jack M. Love. Not I love you, dad, <laughs> Mr. Jack. So that's just 
the way he was he learned because as children we learn what we live mm -hmm. and you don't know really any different so when i say i was lonely i look back and realize that i was lonely mm -hmm. but it, at, at the time i just learned to be have imaginary friends and i learned how to do things and i would learn to fend for myself and i thought that all the families were like this yeah. you know until you see other kids parents and you go over theirs and they may be more huggy and loving and caring and you're kind of like well I don't, I don't. you know it's kind of like you tilt your head type of thing but yeah. you don't really understand it at that age and yeah. um and where it really starts to take effect though which is where i believe that you know the foundation for kids have got to be at the beginning that you know where there's the love and the encouragement and the confidence built because that's that's your foundation. Otherwise, a lot of that will turn into rebellion uh, in your teens because you are finding out now about love and boyfriends and different things. And you are don't know how to get it because you never had it. Right. And you were always on your own. Uh, the, the, the one savior that I had was my sister, who, again, was 10 years older than myself. She kind of took me under her wing and did much what she could uh, for her own age because she wasn't a parent, yeah. you know. And but she also knew probably what I was going through, even though we never really deeply discussed it. But it was always that interaction. So she was always kind of hovering to make sure I was safe yeah. as much as possible. So, but it does. It turns into rebellion, um, lack of love, looking for love in all the wrong places, <laughs> you know, and right. searching. And not having that foundation, even about money, um, about love, about what to expect in life, uh, not encouraged or inspired to be or do anything. So you don't have these aspirations like a lot of people do. And it's interesting when I look back in my high school, you know, we, you know, you have the high school book, right? You know, the, uh, what do you call it? Um, yearbook. Yearbook. That's it. <laughs> you know, and you know, that there's always that question that says, um, what do you want to be? Or, you know, and you want to grow up or whatever. And mine wasn't a nurse or it wasn't, you know, a veterinarian or married with five children. It was to find that certain someone that will understand me. Aww. So interesting enough, at 17, I had a lot more introspection than I actually thought I did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, because I knew that there was something missing. Um, so that was kind of my childhood growing up and which led to me in my twenties, uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I'm sure you look back now and you're like, well, that there was no other option, you know, kind of with the, with the way that you grew up, you, you kind of have to go through that to be able to yeah. come back and find yourself. Well, so. you have to go through the non-blame game, uh, because it's really easy to play the victim right? It's really easy. Well, well, my mom was an alcoholic, so it's her fault. Or my dad didn't show me love. And I, there was a, a portion of that when growing up um, that, you know, there was that anger a little bit in that because I really didn't understand everything until, you know, I started really understanding me, which took a long time, but I've always been, I want to say there were periods of greatness, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, you know, so, there were times when I did was very introspective and I'd look through things and then it would be like, I'd go on to the next thing, you know, type of thing. But there, it was there. It was just, I'm just trying to find it and keep it consistent to, to be honest. Um, but it was, uh, it's just interesting how parents and you have to, like I said, not play the blame game. It's, they only, they, they did what they knew what to do. And at that time in life, 50s, 60s, and they were growing up in what the 30s and whatever, they just did what their parents did. Right. So they, and so you can't blame them. They have their own story. And that's why I always am kind of preaching to other people. And it's like, look at you, you have your story and so do other people. So let's don't judge people so quickly until we know why they may be, be acting that way. There's always a reason. Typically. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And it's always that idea of keeping your side of the street clean. You know, you can control what you can control and it's right. You should focus and, and prioritize. Exactly. So it sounds like you then kind of 
you know, created a life that looked successful, felt successful for a period of time. You were working and you were, um, you know, in a relationship and then you got to a place where everything kind of fell apart. Tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, I was always, it's interesting. Um, I like to call it a mask. I would put a mask on because when I was growing up, my dad was a salesperson Mm -hmm. and to try and get his attention and his love. Um, I'd always try to figure out ways to get that. And one of the things was that he, because he was in sales, I picked up a book called Rich and uh, uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill that he had on his, uh, in his office. And I started understanding how to manipulate, you might say, him yeah. into what I wanted. So when, when I started to negotiate with him, he actually liked that kind of thing. So yeah. I kind of grew into the salesperson because I didn't have any, uh, background as far as I, I dropped out of college. I didn't have any, you know, bachelorette or any, any kind of business sense. I didn't understand anything. So the only thing I knew to do was to smile and move forward and try and sell. So I, I was always really good at making money, but I was really good at spending it. So that was one of my downfalls because if I had you know, but I didn't understand it. I, I just kind of always thought money grew on trees, right? Isn't it that way? You know, or, the, you know, or, or if I had a big bill, I would, I could actually just make more money, you know? Right, right. You know so I, my thinking wasn't quite there. Um, again, I was kind of always looking for love in the wrong places. I was um, married once and then that didn't, I, I was called what you call a runner because when things didn't go well and the picket fence started to fall down, the white picket fence, I'd be like, I'm out of here. This yeah. is, this isn't good. I don't understand this, you know? Um, yet I would go for those the people that I was just looking for love and so much. So the reason I bring that up is that this all evolves into, you know, to the point when I got into my fifties, um, that things were, were continually repeating themselves. So okay. basically all my behaviors are repeating themselves. And what happens when you do that, you get the same results. So one day it's for me and I, I want to say I was actually, I consider it being lucky now because everything came to a head at once. Yeah. And because maybe if it, one thing had happened or and maybe and then a, two years later, another thing happened, maybe a different story. Yeah. But the bottom line is the real estate business kind of took a die because it was the recession hit. And even though I was really a successful real estate agent, like I said, I was really good at spending it. And I was at that low down, that down point with the bills, you know, of $140,000 in debt, um, drinking too much because I, I was just, I wasn't an alcoholic, but I just drank too much, you know? Um, and I, you know, I had put on an extra, you know, 40 pounds. My, uh, my husband at the time, which is my second husband, um, apparently found somebody else and left me, um, for somebody younger. And so everything kind of just started to fall apart. And one night I was having a second martini and I, it was like, I can't go on. I can't do this anymore. And this is when I mentioned earlier that throughout my life, there was always, I felt spurts of greatness, you know, spurts of like, you can do these things. You can do that. And I wanted to really just grab onto that, that feeling for a second And, but I was at the point where I wasn't going to kill myself, but I was at the point where I just didn't care, you know, but I have this cat and I'm going to talk, I'm just mentioning the cat real quickly here, uh, Hula, who had, who's passed away now, but she had always been very soulful and animals are very instinctive. They're very soulful. And, um, and my sister also had passed away many years prior. So she had passed away when I was like in my twenties. So I had to start realizing that I had to make some changes, but at that point at, in, in September, 2009, I was like, I can't go on. Well, I was on the floor crying, broke everything, everything was happening to me. And my cat Hula, I felt this little paw on my, my hand. And I'm like, Oh my God, what's that? I turn and there's my cat. Who's got the biggest eyes you would not believe in the world. And she's just looking at me and I swear to God, I don't know you know, I'm, I'm spiritual, uh, you know, but I swear I heard her say, don't give up mom. You've got to keep going. And there was, there was this energy that just started coming up through my feet, through my, my legs, through my hands, through everything. My body was a feeling of heat. And I just, 
felt I needed to go on. And, and this little cat was telling me, you need to go on. I love you. And you need, I mean, maybe she was saying you need to take care of me. I'm not sure what it was, <laughs> <I'm hungry. laughs> but and even at that point, I actually, I had five words come into my mind and those five words, and I didn't even know what they were understand them at the time, but I wrote them down, which was acknowledge forgiveness, mindset, accountability, and perseverance. I had no idea what I, what I was doing. I just wrote them down and I figured I'll think about it later. And, but for that moment, I knew that I had a problem. I had to quit drinking. I had, or I had to stop drinking. I had to really take access, you know, access my own internal, internal feelings because everything I kept doing, I kept getting the same result. And I was wise enough to understand that. I was like, I keep doing the same thing. And I'm getting all the same results. Right. And I hadn't even seen that quote yet. And, yeah. and it was interesting. And so I'm like, I got to. So that day or that night, I changed my life. And uh, now, did I have some setbacks? Of course, you know, because, you know, you, you go three steps forward and like a step back and things like that. But my goal was to move forward because honestly, I had no money. And I was so broke. I didn't know if I would have a roof over my head in about a month. So I was having to sell everything I could get my hands on because I had to, I had to acknowledge that and open the bills. <laughs> that was yeah. the start, yeah. but I had to acknowledge my own faults before I could move forward. And that was the start of it. Um, and I haven't stopped since, you know, again, we're always on a journey. We're always learning and that's why I always say I'll be learning till the day I die. Cause if I'm, if, if I'm not learning, I'm dead. Right. And it's uh, important for growth and understanding. And I'm, I'm in a lot of ways, I'm blessed that this happened to me. Um, I don't think I would change a whole lot because that was my life, you know, and there was a reason those things happened to you, but I'm still very fortunate. I, I got a roof over my head. I have another place in, in California. I mean, in Arizona. I I'm very, very lucky. Have I worked hard? Heck yeah. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. You know, and I'm not comparing myself to anybody anymore, which is even better. <laughs> yeah. It gives you the freedom to just keep it. It gives me the yeah. freedom and the peace because I feel now at peace every night when I go to sleep rather than like, oh, I got to do this. I have to do that. You know, yes, you have to, you have some things you need to do because you're responsible. Right. But I don't need to be anything else than what I am right at this moment, as long as I'm happy. Yeah. And that's the key. And that, and it's funny when those, when you, you become that way, more things open up, right? It's that abundance living in your highest self-worth. Exactly. Just and not living in lack of all the time. Yeah. Which I, I was always my big, here's the interesting thing is, and my, my second husband and probably my first husband would have said this, that I told him that told him this, I was always scared of being a, a bag lady. Mm. Well, guess what? I almost was. Right. <laughs> so literally, you know, it's what you manifest. You got to right. be careful. And the only reason I believe that is because I manifested my first husband. Yeah. You know, because everybody would say because I knew him when he was like 16 and I was like, we were young and um, we won't go into that story completely. But I just always thought I'd marry him. But he ended up going off to college. I was still in high school. He ended up with somebody else down the line in my twenties, people would say, why don't you get married to so-and-so? And I go, because I'm going to marry this guy, <laughs> you know? And they go, well, he's married now. Like, well, things change. Right. You know? And I just, it was, it was like, it's going to happen. Yeah. There's no question. Well, and that did happen because I ended up meeting him and marrying him. And he was my first husband, <laughs> you so know, funny. but you know, and, it, and that again, that's another book, but it's uh, interesting that you've got to be careful about what you think about because you bring it about. Yeah. And so you learning how not to think about the negative things in your life and think about what you do have rather than what you don't have, because I have so much. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So interesting. I, I I've noticed, I definitely resonate with that and that scarcity mindset. And that's held me back in a lot of ways. And that's something I'm working on. And that's where the overspending comes in and just that like binging everything. I binge everything when I get my hands on it. Like I have to, because I'm not going to have enough or it's not going to come back or whatever. <laughs> so I'm very self-aware working on that. But, um, I think, you know, when you kind of just dwell on that, um, lack of money, lack of love, lack of friendship, lack of lack anything. Of yeah. You have less and less. And in the moments where I had the least 
for some reason, I always felt called to in some way, give it away, whether Mm -hmm. it was to like a homeless person with my last $10 in LA or something. And within hours, it would come back to me, like at least in double. And I just knew I would just do it. I'm just going to spend this because I know it's going to come back to me. And it always does. It's so interesting. It's very Um, interesting, but we need to understand that. And so many people like, ah, it doesn't work. You know, yeah, and so they're scared. Time. They're they're, yeah. they're fearful. They're so fearful. Um, but when you do give, it does come back. And whether it's universe, uh, uh, because I believe in energy. Yeah, I believe that we because we, we are all made up of energy. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, we're just. I mean, we're electrifying. You know, energy is even then. This computers energy is going to you. I mean, it's all little electrons and whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it's uh, so. I believe that. Well, you know, I find it so interesting. And I, when I coach, I try to help get people to understand or women to understand that, you know, when you go into a party and you walk in and you feel this negative energy, right? Mm -hmm. Well, people feel it. It's their gut, right? They feel it. That's what I want people to hold in themselves. Like feel the energy. If it's a bad, is it good? And, and, and then acknowledge it. And when you can do that, that's when you start really growing Mm -hmm. and realizing, uh, you know, how energy does work and that you can trust yourself. You, well, and that's the other thing because I'm trusting your gut is so important. I mean, it's your instinct. How many times do we, 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 we feel it like the first quarter thing will be like, Oh no, I shouldn't do it. Then of course the brain starts going, well, why not? Well, because of this, well, because of this and you're overthinking, you're overthinking. Now you're overwhelmed, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then you almost forget about the gut, but the gut said this, well, but I don't know. So, I now go with the gut. If my gut says no, I'm, I'm out of there. You know, anytime I have not listened to my gut, I've always been like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew I shouldn't have done that. Or I knew I should have done this. I should have just listened to myself. I know. Right. And it's amazing that we, we keep repeat it. We repeat it over and over. And what's, what's so cool is you can get to the point, like when you hit that gut, it's like, "Mm." and you, cause you start feeling it going up to your, your brain and going, just a few questions you're like oh no nope. let's go back down let's yeah. go back to the gut please before i start overwhelming it myself causing yeah. myself anxiety stress fear and everything yeah so when you okay you were on the floor just kind of at your wits end and these five words popped into your mind those right. are now your five diamonds correct yes. so you correct a little bit of a structure around this can you tell us a little bit more about that and how you use those to kind of build that confidence and how you coach women in that, in that regard. Sure. Uh, And one of the reasons I called it the five diamonds is because diamonds are strong and they're created under pressure Mm -hmm. and love that. And they can be polished up and, and shine. Um, And that's, I always believe that we're all just diamonds in the rough type of thing in most cases and we just need to be shined up and 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 keep you know because they're natural um diamond real real diamonds are natural but so that's one of the reasons i called it that but the the first the five words these are words that i actually live by every single day now when i first started these words and once i finally figured out what they were were about uh which took a little bit because i'm like what is this you know what is this word acknowledge knowledge oh maybe i need to acknowledge that i'm not so awesome <laughs> you know or that i'm not so and when i say that i'm not trying to you know be negative about myself it's like i'm flawed yeah i'm not perfect and also diamonds are not perfect either right, right. they're flawed yeah. um but i had to acknowledge my negatives i had to get honest with myself i had to go deep because most people don't want to acknowledge their own personal flaws or their personal negatives because that's like, what do you mean there's something wrong with me? Right. They, they think there's something wrong with you. It's just that you have to go deep like that in order to move forward because once you acknowledge things, you can start to fix them or work on them. It's like my, it's like the money, for an example, the bills. I had to acknowledge I wasn't opening the bills. Well, if I don't open the bills, I don't know what I owe and I can't move forward. And so I was just putting my head in the sand. And that's what a lot of people do. They, oh, it'll just go away. Well, ten, usually it doesn't go away. Right. But I had to acknowledge that. So it's a, for women, it's important to acknowledge that, okay, so maybe I did have a did play a part in that 
bad relationship, mm-hmm. or uh, maybe I have been judgmental. Maybe, I mean, there's all kinds of things you, you can acknowledge. Maybe I haven't been the greatest mother because of such and such. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I asked people, and what I did is I wrote down all the things um, that I felt I needed to acknowledge about myself in order to move forward, because that was my starting point. I had to do that. And it's not easy. And there was a lot of crying going on. I mean, it's a very emotional because you actually start realizing it. Oh my God, I am not perfect. I, you know, I played a part in my life mm-hmm. in what I'm doing. And it, it really, when that acknowledgement truly comes to, to heart, you start realizing it. Wow. Now, if I can change these things, maybe I can move forward. And that's the beauty of it. Cause there's amazing when you do acknowledge things that maybe you're not quite so perfect it's almost like a relief yeah that comes off you and like you know what okay now i'm gonna i'm gonna take care of that one we're gonna work on this one and you don't work on it all at once right you have to kind of piece, piece things but now that you've acknowledged at least you can move forward the second one being forgiveness is i had to forgive everybody i felt that maybe did me wrong or whatever it might be and, and that included rapes because I was raped twice in my twenties. I had to forgive that. I had to forgive my father. I had to forgive my mother. I had to forgive all of these people. And then I, then I had to forgive myself because I was allowing a lot of that negative energy to be pulled to the wrong areas of my life. And I was holding on to that rather than, um, you know, moving forward. So by forgiving them and not forgetting, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I'm only forgave the rapist because I would say to myself, you know not what you do. I do not know your story. You may have been raped when you were young. I don't know. So, you know, so you have to look at things in a different way. One of my one of my other favorite quotes is by Wayne Dyer. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And when I started looking at things differently, I could see, you know, and understand, well, I don't I don't know what went on with them, but I'm going to forgive them for whatever they did and my, my parents and anybody else, I kind of thought that wrong, wronged me. And then also mainly forgiving myself mm-hmm. for thinking I was less than yeah. just forgiving myself for maybe doing things wrong, some wrong things, just forgiving myself because I had to forgive myself because once I was able to do that, I could move forward. Thirdly was the mindset was I really needed, I've always had a positive mindset, but I really needed to be more consistent because my positive mindset was really set into sales mm-hmm. and to what, um, I was doing on the outside, I was wearing that mask, but I wasn't really in that when I was alone, I would be negative and, and upset and hurt. So I really had to go deep and change, start looking at my mindset and think about what I'm thinking about right. and how can I work with that? And also not to judge other people, yeah. you know, on what their thoughts were and then and, and not have the expectations. So there's a lot involved in mindset. Um, and then in accountability was like, I couldn't always depend on other people holding me accountable because they have their own lives. Right. You know, I means yes, it's great if you could afford a coach, but I couldn't afford a coach at that time. Um, I couldn't afford to do things. So it was like, and, and honestly, when you're in that mode, when you're just learning, you don't want to tell anybody. Mm-hmm. there's this hide and seek in some ways like, Oh my God, you know, I'm not, cause I wasn't ready yet to let people know that I was messed up. Mm-hmm. And so, but, and I knew that that would be a process and, and, and I was fine with that, but you know, I, so I held myself accountable and my making goals each day and checking things off and, and then celebrating those little teeny goals and then persevering is my last one or actually second to last actually, or yeah. Persevering is keeping going. And what I did was I wrote out a, what we call a why. Why do I want to keep going? And I wrote it out so deeply and so where like anytime I would read it, I would cry about where I was in that spot when I was 57 years of age and how down I truly was. And I wrote out in a, in a whole page why I didn't want to ever be in that space. So whenever I was getting a little bit you know, normal and feeling, oh, I can just move on. I'd pull that thing out, right? Because I carry it with me and look at it. Oh, I never want to go back there. Don't do that. You know, do. so it really kept me going all the time and not giving up because I didn't have my mom anymore because she had passed away also during that time. And, you know, I didn't have a lot of support that I felt, you know, um, again, I probably could have had it, but, you know, when you're in things, sometimes you, it's like being in divorce, you know, uh, you don't always want to tell everybody. 
you know, because that's a failure, right? Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of working parts. And then, of course, I always consider number six as a bonus, actually. And that's just gratitude and learning gratitude and understanding gratitude. But I live by those five, especially every single day. Every night I will go to bed. I go, OK, do I need to acknowledge anything today that maybe I could change or what could do better? Um, do I need to forgive myself? Do I, did I do something? Do I need to forgive anybody else? How was my mindset today? How was my accountability? Did I celebrate something? Was something good? And it, did I take a step forward? And I check those every single day. So I'm checking myself. Yeah. And the, the wonderful thing is that it's, you know, where it, at the time, we, you know, 12, 13 years ago, this was a very long process, right? Because yeah. it was long lists. Now it's very simple. I can whip through them, you know, really easily in my mind. And, you, and just mentally, or are you journaling? About I'm, no, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a big journaler. I, I do write, but I'm not a big journaler. Um, I write more poems and, and, and just write things out. Like I, I get things published in that way, stories, but I don't really journal. Um, but no, most of it's mental uh, for now um, because that that's all I really need. It seems to, I just, I'm intentionally intentional about it and check it off. That's great. So, but that's what I teach uh, and uh, support women on. And everybody's slightly different. I mean, everybody has their own things and, and, and their own behaviors that it's hard to talk about. And I find that acknowledgement and forgiveness is the top, the top two uh, hardest ones to get through. Given that you were willing to do the work and you know, continue to stay consistent and accountable, even though it was hard. And, and I think this goes back to some inner child work and some shadow work and, you know, working through some trauma. That's hard. A lot of people are not ready or willing to do that. But what I want them to be able to see is how has your life improved and changed in a positive way since doing that? Doing the work since yeah. doing the work. Yeah. Well, well, first off, I'm not a people pleaser anymore. <laughs> I mean, I still want to, I like pleasing and making people happy, yeah. but I have boundaries uh, now. Um, you know, when you have trauma in your life and as a child, or it, 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 let me just explain what trauma, trauma doesn't have to be rape. Trauma can be anything that has in your mind that's created some kind of effect on you that's changed you for the negative um and so i don't want to because some people's traumas can be very not might be minor to me but they're huge to them right um so i don't want that but i just want people to understand that this you know because people might say well of course you had trauma you were raped or you had all this childhood stuff but it's the little things that that cause issues also but usually it's caused when we're growing up it's just usually where it starts because that's where our behaviors are learned. Mm-hmm. That's where things happen. And then if trauma does happen, we don't know how to move through them mm-hmm. because we don't have the tools. Um, so I learned, you know, to, um, you know, so trauma actually causes like the idea of fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. um, people pleasing, um, you, you're constantly looking for validation outside of yourself um, and fixing others. I mean, those are just some of the things, but if you're asking about that, if you have some of these things, you probably had some kind of a little bit of trauma somewhere in your life. Um, I think it's important for everyone to realize that's, that's pretty much all of us, you know, I don't think any of us get through unscathed. So it's well, you not- can't, I mean, it's life, right? <laughs> it's life. The pandemic is trauma for a lot of people. Yeah. Now, other people, some people's traumas are not as, you know, traumatic as others. You know, for me, I, I wasn't traumatized by it. I mean, because yeah. I've been through a lot of stuff and I, and my thought process is, wow, this is big, but we can move through this. Right. You know, right. If we all work together, this is, you know, my parents had pandemics, um, th- you know, so it's not like it's never happened before yeah. type of thing or other things are going to happen, but people are going to pass away people die. That's just, that's the circle of life. Right. Uh, but that causes trauma for a lot of people. So, you know, I don't want to excuse the, you know, the traumas of everyday life. So it's, it's important to learn the tools and understand that this is life. 
And to, when I say do the work, it's really important to understand who you are and be willing to find out some negatives so that you can move forward. So that when things hit the next time or trauma hits or death hits or a divorce happens, yes, are you going to be in, in a, a feel emotional? Absolutely. And, and you should, because if you, that's being human, right? But you're also going to say, wait a minute, how now can I make this a positive and, and not dwell on it? So it's learning the tools of, and, and mindset of, of a, and it's all habits, right? Honestly, everything is a habit uh, because we've learned really negative habits. And, you know, you feel like, Oh, I, I'm someone's, I just was divorced. I'm going to be, you know, angry and upset and listen to that. When reality, if you could just sit in those feelings and say, why am I angry? Did you have any play, any part in this? How can I move forward instead of playing the victim? So it's really a lot of it is, is getting out of that victim uh, way of life. Uh, and, and so many people are stuck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah but yeah it's it's i'm not gonna say it's not hard work it, it is hard work and it's an everyday work i mean uh-huh. we're constantly learning things change every day you know what's going to happen because that's and i that's actually a key word that I, I i like to bring up if people change is inevitable mm-hmm. it's the only thing that is always happening right, right? it's just it's Every minute, every hour, life is changing. If we can learn to understand change and embrace change as a friend and rather than fighting it, it's like aging. Mm-hmm. We, it's something that's going to happen to us. Uh, death is something that's going to happen to us. You know, are I prepared for it? Maybe you read books about certain things and learn more things or have a coach and understand things, you know, so you're more prepared when these things do happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but change is the main thing that's constant. And if we can learn to embrace that, you actually can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I now really enjoy change because, and pivoting and learning, because that means I'm growing. Yeah. Something good is happening um, to me. Now I've never had, I mean, I think I'm, I, I've always really embraced age. Honestly, I mean, I was one of those ones. My birthday starts the day after my birthday. <laughs> it's my birthday <laughs> year, you know. And um, and I and but I've embraced it that way rather than saying, "Oh my God, I'm turning 50. Oh my God, everything's falling apart," um, because I always knew that it was inevitable. Yeah, it's just gonna happen. So I might as well. I I remember in my 30s, is I might as well just embrace this thing because yeah. it's gonna happen to me. Yeah. And then the more I embraced it, the more the more fun I had. Yeah. So it's, it's really how you position yourself and your mindset. And again, all these things work together, but it's a constant, um, it's a constant journey. And I actually really, really enjoy it because that means I'm growing. I mean, I still work and a lot of people say, well, you're almost 70 for crying out loud. Why don't you retire? I don't want to retire. I'm enjoying myself. I want to grow. I want to keep growing. Could I retire? Yeah, probably, but I don't really want to. Yeah. So my whole thought brain is, uh, what can I do when, when I'm 80 and my 90, you know, yeah. if I'm still got it, I might be going to space. Like, you know, um, yeah. the Star Trek guy did, or, William you know, Shatter. You know, I want to be one of those. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's just such a shame to waste any day that you're given. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, You've got another day. You can do whatever yeah. you want. There's nothing you can, this, it, this is out of our control. And this is one of the things that it, that I find that people really get fearful about they're they're fearful of things that they cannot control yeah now if they could just take the stance and understand like okay go internally and say wait a minute i can't control that i did everything i could there's nothing possible else i could do i can only control my what i do and my thoughts and my emotions and the more you can say this the more you understand the less stress you're going to have yeah. Because most of the time we cause ourselves so much stress and so much anxiety that it, it's bad for our health. And that's one thing if that we can't get back very easily if we ignore our health. 
And so that's really important. And and stress, anxiety, and all of that plays a huge part of that. So finding the tools and discovering who you are and growing and acknowledging and forgiving and, um, you know, holding yourself accountable and persevering. um, It's, it's just something you have to take the time to stop, to pause and do it because everybody's on a hamster wheel. Yeah. Until you say, oh, I'm going to stop and get off this hamster wheel, even for two minutes, 10 minutes, it'll just continue on. You have to get off the hamster wheel. Um, and like I said, I actually, it's, I mean, it's just important to stop. Um, stop. <laughs> Yeah. And I think I always live by the quote, like Marie Forleo always says that clarity comes from action. And I yes. think, you know, for someone listening, they may think, well, that sounds great. That's all, you know, I, I really resonate with that. I, I like this approach, but what is like one takeaway, one action that someone could start to implement today if they're listening to kind of get on that trajectory towards change? Honestly, and I just said it two minutes ago is to literally be intentional about putting the phone down. A lot of people have kids, but finding to start with, because I believe in baby steps. Mm-hmm. Baby steps are critical because if you, if you have your goal way too high, or way too far away and you don't get it, you feel like you a failure mm-hmm. uh, when it's really lessons learned that you should have baby steps is to really pause. I seriously, this is, this is huge. If you could just take and start off at two minutes and pause with nothing else going on, sitting, doing nothing, which is hard to do, by the way, I want to, you know, because and at first people are going to be like, you know, pounding their foot and, la, 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 and that's fine, yeah. but you're taking the two minutes and then eventually try for three minutes and then five minutes. If you can't, you know, a lot of people say, well, I've got kids. I said, okay, fine. But there is a time when you go to the bathroom. I know some people can't get away, you know, shower, shower, you know, most of the cases you, you can, you can put them in the room or put them in their crib or do something. Shower time has always been my savior. Yeah. That that's that time when you're intentional and you're just like, and that is just taking a breath. And the more you start to do that, because again, it's a habit. Creating that habit of taking two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, you will start to feel differently. You will start to go internal rather than external. Mm -hmm. And it's critical. And that's the only thing, the first thing I would say anybody needs to do. They need to just pause. And and, and I say, and I know people are going to say, well, I go for a run. And I, you know, and I say, well, do you have your, your iPod on and your music on? Well, yeah, of course. No. Yeah. You have to have nothing. You want to go for a run? That's great. Because that does help a lot of people exercise. But I don't want anything out there distracting you but yourself. Yeah. And it's so important. And But people are scared to do it. It's like frightening for them. It's like, that's why I call, people say, well, that's like meditating. And I'm like, well, that's why I don't call it meditation. I call it quietation. It's just <laughs> getting quiet yeah. with yourself. And taking baby steps. Don't feel like you've got to be, you know, um, you know, and then do them. You won't be able to do it because you're not a monk, you know, yeah. you're not, you know. So just take two minutes and of quietation every day and then and then extend it. And then pretty soon you are begging to get 20 minutes and you know, you'll find and then you'll prioritize. You're yeah. gonna find the time because it feels so good. I love that. Um, I was on a, a Zoom call with Glennon Doyle and she said, oh, uh-huh. this is what she does. She goes outside for a walk, no headphones, no podcast, no music, no nothing. And she calls it fishing. She goes fishing in her own mind for whatever thoughts are going to pop up, what's yeah. going to come to her and just kind exactly. of like sits in it and lets it come. And that's the only time that she's able to do that. It's just, that's right. it's just quiet. It's just it. quiet that. and and getting in nature in, is very grounding. Yeah. You know, so, but anywhere, you know, I like to tell people, you don't have to go for the walk right now. And because maybe somebody's 500 pounds and they can't go walking yet. You know, I mean, you don't know what the situation is. Just get in your own space, get in your head space and just be quiet. And sometimes you won't like what you're thinking, but that's okay. (laughs) I love it. I think that's so important. And that is something anyone can do. I mean, there is no, there's no way you can't find two minutes 
on a daily basis. It's just not possible. You've got the well, time. Yeah, it, it, it. everything is intentional. You have to, and you have to prioritize. Yeah. You have to say, I'm going to do it because it's amazing when somebody prioritizes something, it does happen. It's like that dress that you saw and the thing that was way overpriced that you shouldn't have and you wanted anyway. You yeah. find that money because you're prioritizing. Yep. So you have to, you know, you have to be good to yourself, but it, it's also worth it. And the, the journey is worth it. And the journey is continuous, mm-hmm. um, but it's awesome. I look forward to what am I going to learn today? What am I going to do today? It's like, I was excited about this podcast today. Cause it's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to learn? You know, how am I going to be, you know? And, yeah. um, and just being open to things. And it's, it's so exciting all the time. It is. I agree. We're very similar. It's interesting. Um, I've enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I've, it's just been interesting to hear your, your story and to see that, you know, things work are working out, you know, things are shining bright. And I, and I love that. And I hope that gives hope to other people too, no matter where they are in their journey. Um, where can everyone find you if they want to work with you as a coach, if they want to buy your book, where can they find you and all of your information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they can go to patricialove.com that you can buy my book and also find coaching um, there. And also Amazon, um, just seen and unheard by Patricia Love, uh, Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Excellent. And I'll put this in the show notes as well. So the links will be there. Awesome. Um, and this was amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I loved it. Absolutely. I totally enjoy it. Your, your dream, your, your great energy. Love the energy girl. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen. And I will see you soon.